Hello there and welcome to another episode of the True North Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host Joe Paul and I'm joined today by the consciousness creative Brandon Fowler. Brandon is a wealth of knowledge. Our conversation will have you saying aha all the way throughout and we will leave you with some practical tips on exactly what it takes to wire yourself for maximum results. Without further ado, let's get to the show. record because we can always we can always edit it out but let's honestly let's go right into that just a little bit we'll get into intros in a second but you were just talking about consciously fit and like you can't get around it like just expand on that what you what you were talking about sure so i guess in any fitness or self-improvement endeavor um everybody's like looking to improve but what it ultimately always boils down to is you building relevant awareness around the given topic. So it's just a matter of you actually being intentional about whatever actions that you're taking and actually paying attention to the feedback that your life, body, or whatever the situation is giving you. The more you build that consciousness, the more you sort of get into this self-perpetual improvement of building on, you know, one block and the next and the next because you're paying attention to each step along the way as opposed to just, oh, maybe I'll try this diet. You follow a bland set of rules and you just kind of see what happens. And a month later, like, well, I just gained weight. This didn't work for me. The hell with this. I'm, I'm done. And then <clears throat> because you've restricted, you probably gained five or 10 pounds after five following those rules. And you see the next diet come up. We'll just speak the diets because this is more of like a health and fitness sort of podcast. But it's that lack of daily awareness. It just sort of happens. You wake up one day and you realize, I gained 10 or 15 pounds or my back hurts. I now have a knee injury, but it's because you weren't paying attention to or building that relevant awareness around the things that directly correlate to it. So to me, if you're going to become fit or improve something, it's what are the relevant things in your life that you need to start building daily awareness around? You eventually become consciously fit. You don't just become fit without being conscious of the the correlate things. Yeah, I think that's huge because it's, it's like highlighting the feedback, right? If you've mm-hmm. ever, you know, I'm sure you, you've heard of it and hopefully the people listening to this too, have heard that negative feedback loop. And I think sometimes we don't even understand when we're in it. So that would be like your, the vicious cycle or bad things happening. And like, you know, and in, in using it in this context would be like, oh, you miss a workout and then, well, okay, I'll just, you know, eat, eat whatever is in front of me. And then well, I'll just stay up late watching TV. And then next thing you know, that happens for three, four, five nights, weeks, months. And like there, there's that sort of like unconsciousness or lack of consciousness, I should say. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of like putting that loop into the positive feedback. Right. So have you seen that? Like, it looks like a little like diagram and it has like conscious awareness, unconscious awareness, and then conscious competence and unconscious competence. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't. You should uh, you should check that out. It's definitely something that fits along this realm. But if you can think of it, anytime someone says that they're a natural, right? Like, mm-hmm. or 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 we see someone that's a natural. Well, maybe maybe that person is unconsciously competent because exactly. their environment put them in that positive feedback loop to become competent within what we see them as a natural in. Exactly. Which 
speaks to the value of a coach or just tools in general to cultivate that relevant awareness. So that it's like, like I can sit here and say like, Oh, you have to be consciously fit or just pay attention. But what does that really mean? Or what does it look like for you? Like, that's like, so I guess like when I like came up with like, in a way, I, I guess I'd call it an obsession, an obsession or like what I'm drawn to is after a couple of years of getting my diet right, like dialed in training, sleep, food choices, like all these different things. Um, I started to look back at it. I was like, you know, I started to track all these things first before I got good at it. It wasn't like, I couldn't just pay attention to it and just like, oh, I'm conscious or I'm aware. No, like you, you built that skill. Like, so you practice it first. So you write it down on a piece of paper, you journal it, you track it on your phone, uh, but that can take a lot of time. So the value of a coach is perception management. So like you were talking about earlier, like, oh, I missed a workout or then I like, I just kind of ate whatever, but if a coach can recognize, well, then what, what would all your other habits turn into? What, what kind of food choices did you make the next day after giving up that one time? Or if you have someone you get to check in with every week and tell them, yeah, I missed this workout or I skipped this. I'm paying you this money to help me, but I'm just not taking it seriously. It's, that's you building that conscious awareness. Like to me, like that's the value of a coach. Is just have you ever? Yeah, totally. I like that's that's an excellent point, right? Is like having someone else look at it. Well, you you want to make it shiny. This is another. Um, this is related, but I'm trying to remember. I think it was called the Hawthorne study. Have you ever heard of that? The Hawthorne study. I want to. I want to say it was the Hawthorne study. Um, Mike Casio always talks about it. He's uh, he's a brute strength and working against gravity, but he's he always brings it up because it would like they, they always talk about accountability and so okay. with with accountability um <laughs> the hawthorne study was they told this like warehouse of like workers that they were like hey someone's gonna come in and change the lights this afternoon and um, that was really all they said they just said you know someone will be here mm. and the production in the warehouse went up oh i believe it and no one came to change the lights because they were just like, they were prepared for someone to have eyes on them. Mm-hmm. And so there, that speaks to that sort of, that side of accountability. I was just like, Oh, it's like, Hmm. <laughs> you know, like wondering how those guys are taking it on. But I mean, it's true. Right. The perception of, how, how did you say it? The perception of. Like, um, just like perception management. Management. That's it. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, um, how do you feel that that's different than like maybe what you came into the nutrition space knowing? Does that make sense? Okay. So like how I got started and eventually led to like, okay, it's, it's consciousness and awareness is the key. Yeah. Yeah. hundred okay. percent that. <laughs> so like when I like had like the outside perspective, like when I first wanted to start like getting bigger and stronger, like for me, it was always, well, you just have to lift hard, no pain, no gain, protein, and then whatever that real expensive stuff they keep locked in the GNC, like behind the GNC <laughs> counter, that's got to be what works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like some Jack 3D, some like, oh, tell you core. Like. Yes, yes. <laughs> so like always the, the sign or the little labels always remind me of like, the caution signs with like the stripes on them. And now I'm like, as I think back to that memory, I was like, maybe I should have looked at it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it's a, well, that's the thing. I was like, we, I think we, we talk about this in Arizona. It's you'll take 
every shortcut you can try until you realize the long road or the road less traveled is the fastest way there. Yeah. So it, it's like, it's like, that's what it was. Like I tried every shortcut I, I could just, what did I want to think about? What like just, okay. Thinking for myself, that was another huge thing. I just didn't think for myself and like what shortcuts are there to the goal I want to get. I'm going to work really hard at all these shortcuts and work really hard to mow a whole bunch of lawns like when I was in high school or in college so I can buy those $70 supplements that didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said something, I, I heard you say something in there where you're like, I'm going to do all of these things not for myself. And so like, how, how is that? I mean, I, clearly that's different, right? Because now, now the message that you're really, you know, putting power behind is to, is to be really in tune with it, to be conscious sure. about it, to, to be, so like, you know, for self. So building that relevant awareness or just information, and then also thinking and making choices for yourself. I mean, if you want to do anything as a human being, start with those two things, or at least strive to get there. So like for me, like I would just do whatever, like maybe my most experienced friend was doing in the gym. It's like, okay, I'll just do exactly what he's doing and see what happens there. I know bench press is the ultimate like um, pedestal of strength. So that's what I focused on almost all the time. Squats sucked. So I just never wanted to do those. Never even knew <laughs> what a deadlift was. <laughs> but so I just would go into the gym probably three days a week when I was starting off and I would bench and do buys and tries. And then I eventually got into like, okay, I should probably do some pull-ups or back stuff. That's kind of like necessary. But I play okay, basketball I, like four or five days a week. So that's a lot of legs. I don't need to squat. <laughs> <laughs> so how long was it before your shoulder got injured? Did that ever happen? Yeah. That, like, that was like the, the come to Jesus moment for me. Like that's when everything changed. Yeah. So for me, it was, I had finally like, I hit that point where I, I was finally benching over 300 pounds, which I never had ever imagined happening. But kind of like you said, like three days a week of benching buys and tries when well, you get there, you know? And for me, honestly, I really didn't do tries that much, which like is, you know, you're, that's using the back of your arm. Granted, it is like a push movement, but I really didn't do it. Cause I just, I thought it, I needed biceps. And so everything just like pinched and like hit that front of the shoulder Yep. And it, like the day that I hit over 300 pounds was the last day that I lifted over 300 pounds for like years. Right. Cause it like literally on that day it, it happened. So, um, so it took a little bit, it took a little bit for you to come around to using getting to the back muscles too, huh? Oh yeah. It, it took some time. And then j just recently like squats like connecting like to my glutes. It's like I had like terrible posterior chain connection. That was just, everything was forward in front of me. That's what I worked on. So is that, I mean, you're a pretty tall dude, right? Like, is that, is that, do you feel like that's part of the struggle with squats is like having that? Um, I think that's what I told myself, but yeah. I don't, I think it's just like another lie. Like told people like tell herself. Yeah. Um, so do you have to change it? Do you have to change your stance at all? With, uh, I shouldn't say change your stance, but like from when you first started squatting to now, is that something that you've had to change so that you can accommodate levers? So like your bone, your bone length. So many common, different combinations of things. Um, I think I'm going to circle back and eventually come back to this. The, like the squat, the stance. Yeah. Right. Okay. Just cause uh, you'd asked me a question. Like if I can never really answer it. All right. The, the going into the nutrition space or what? 
yeah just like initial perceptions and like how i led to like sort of do this and like, <laughs> squ- like squats are like, like a pretty solid place to eventually get to but it's been like the latest thing i've really been working on okay okay um so, so it was uh actually started like seventh grade was the first time i ever lifted like i went into the gym and like i imagine this is ridiculous so seventh grade the whole seventh grade football class goes in and we're all lifting seventh through 12th grade. So to me, these are men in here lifting. And from day one, they go, okay, to start your lifting career, everyone's going to max out on bench press and squat. Okay, we're going to see how strong people are. And they all did this. And the only one that they posted on the wall was bench press. So like from day one, my perception, perception is this is the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, it- and my seventh grade self bench 65 pounds and it was right in the middle of the pack. It just, it crushed me. <laughs> I was good at sports, like lifting, I call it caught. That's that, that right there has so much to do with perception management. Now, like, as you hear it, because that's like you said, that's where we all start. Like I laugh because I can like every part of that, like that vision came back to me of seeing the giants, like the guys, like oh, the sure. men, you know, that are a grade or two above and you're, you're wondering like, will, will I ever be that person? Right. Like dude's got like five tears on his chin. Like, yeah, that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. So talking about perception management in that, right. That's part of like how, so what was, what really turned it around? So going from you, you have this one perception, you come in, bench press is the way, and then you come into the nutrition space and it's supplements are the way and mm-hmm. lift hard and bench and buys and tries. What's, what's the shift that took place for you? Okay. So I guess if you could fast forward years and years of doing the wrong thing or just getting little bits of information that I apply, little bits of information I apply and never really thinking for myself, just sort of asking the guy next to me or like, what's the shortest way or fastest way I could get there eventually led to me lifting like five, five days a week, like for the first three years of college and having the intention of getting like two, 215 pounds. Um, but I was also playing basketball like four or five days a week. So I never gained any weight. And it was just this, brutal just futile effort like i'm i'm a distant person like i never took a day off for three years like i would live five days a week terribly programmed got five <laughs> hours of sleep and all i thought i had to do was eat protein like i never considered like how important nutrition probably was because i got initial results as you can imagine lifting that much and then it, my progress just stopped but i got enough to be like I'm the guy in my group of friends that lifts that I like, Oh, okay. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And eventually it became just like you said, I was able to like, I was probably like mid two hundreds, but then like I started having all these shoulder issues, like always like the pops and the cracks and whatnot. And then like, it just kept coming down and down, down, like the amount of weight I could do. And then it got to the point like, like the, I could, I couldn't do anything over 225. It was just like, I had to to stay in like the 10 and up rep range. Just, if I went any lower than that, it was it hurt. And it just kept dwindling down, dwindling down until I got to my junior year in engineering. And I had like 18 credit hours of math and science. It was, it was hell. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have time to go to the bathroom. It was <laughs> So all those, like I still was continuing to eat. Like, and this was the first time someone told me that 
well, it's because you're not eating enough. So I started using my fitness pal, but I wasn't going to weigh anything. So I just set the arbitrary goal according to my fitness pal that I need to eat 4,000 calories a day while, you know, I'm studying 12, 14 hours a day now. So is that on? Is that what it spit out for you? Is 4,000? Yeah. So it gets, like my height, weight, and then I put in, because like I've just never been able to gain weight. So I was like, okay, how do I gain one pound like a week? And yeah. Like, oh, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you're trying to cram 4,000 calories into the day and 12 to 14 hour days. And yeah, you I'm realize just, it's just not working. I'm just sitting, studying. I'm still getting my lifts in. Like that was sort of like the 45 minutes a day I allowed to myself. And then I would get five or six hours of sleep a night. So I hit that 215 goal real fast. And at first, <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm finally gaining weight. And then I realized, like, man, every now and then when I would get the opportunity to play basketball, maybe every other week, just sucking wind, my back hurt. Like, I couldn't do anything, couldn't dunk. Like, I just, it was just a shell of myself. And, like, I would look at guys on TVs, like, I'm an athlete. Like, I've played sports my whole life. Like, he's 215. I'm 6'2. I'm 215. I look nothing like him. Like, what's wrong? When are my abs going to show up? <laughs> like, I just think so, get it. I, yeah, I hate it when I can't dunk either, which <laughs> has been 10 years. No, no that's um, okay. So, what's your comparison? So, you're, you're 6'2, you're 215 now, and you're wondering when the abs are going to show up. Who's what athlete are you looking at right now? Like, is it a, is it a basketball player? Cause I know you're talking about that. Like, like anytime, like I got to just be watching sports on TV and I would like see these guys are like similar to my size and weight, but I just look like garbage compared to them. Like, <laughs> what is, I just don't get it. Like I lift all the time. I give a whole bunch of protein. I take the supplements you're supposed to. I'm gaining weight. Like I just didn't understand. Like I just didn't have that conceptual. Like to me, I'm doing all the right things, but I have, I don't have the perception to know that I'm doing them in the wrong order. Like that's the thing, like you can go to the gym, you can eat the right types of food, but if you don't eat the right amounts with respect to your goal at the right time, you're not going to get the results you're after. And like, to me, like I have the outside perception of like, this is what everybody says you're supposed to do. I'm doing it, but I'm not getting the result I want. And because, Hey, I lift and I'm a man, I'm not going to take advice from anyone because yeah, I know what I'm doing. But eventually to answer your question, it all sort of came to a head where like now I'm very overweight and I end up like I have my back hurts both of my shoulders hurt to the point where like I had just seen a doctor and was like getting physical therapy for my shoulder and then I end up like like straining my knee because I'm not used to playing very often now and I'm very like I'm not very overweight but for me I'm overweight and end up like he's I never got like an official MRI, but like I went and saw the doctor physical therapist or whatever and I was like he probably strained like a very light ACL strain. And it was coming into, <clears throat> this is now my senior year and I had like a semester off. I was like, okay, I'm going to read a book because I can't go really do anything in the gym other than rehab. Like after three and a half years, I was forced into a state of reflection, which is, yeah. which is a key thing. Like I'll, I'll get to the importance of this, like how I ended up with like, like consciously fit. Um, so I was forced to reflect it's like, wow, like I've been, really going at this and give it my all for three and a half years. And I'm really not any further ahead than I was then. I'm really, I'm far less physically capable. I'm a little bit stronger, or at least at some point I was, but like, I need help. So for the first time I've actually read a book that wasn't required for me. And I guess I was never like that kind of person, like thinking for myself is like, all right, what am I supposed to do? I'll do it. Great student, but yeah. 
not really it surprises me knowing you now yeah like, you know like how much you how much you like to read so um okay yeah, so uh, what, was, what was this book how did how did it change your life so that book that i read which i'm sure like if anybody's in health and fitness probably knows it was like mike matthews bigger leaner stronger it's like i read that and then his story was like similar to mine where like he was like crazy about protein lifted for a whole bunch of years and just kind of was like stuck and just started making all the sense in the world and it was just like I flew through it in like a week, but then read it again and took, like, I still have, it's around here somewhere, like a notebook where I took like beautiful notes. I mean, highlighted, wrote out definitions, drew little diagrams, like better notes than I've taken for any class in college. And then I went into that um, spring dog drinking water. Yeah, that's my dog. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm like waiting to see how loud it is. <laughs> I was yeah. wondering if it's mine. He, he always does that. It's like every time I get on here, he does the same thing. I know. Like, the dog, the little dog door over here is open. I'm like, I should have closed that off too. But she goes, she goes for a decent amount and then she'll be, you know, she's a dingo. So she'll go with that water for quite a little bit. Yeah. No, but um, so anyways, so I read this book and it's the first time we cover like energy balance. So actually eating more than what you're supposed to do during the day, you'll gain weight. Eating less, you'll lose weight like what body fat percentage, like body fat composition. So what, like how you actually get abs, you have to be a certain body fat percent to see those no matter what muscles built beneath. That was the first time I'd really heard that. Like, I was just like, maybe I just don't have the genetics for abs, you know, just say it's not in the cards for me. Um, then like how to actually set up a diet, the importance of compound lifts. Like you just see like everybody doing like the cables and pulleys and stuff. And that's what you may be seeing in the magazines. And compound lifts are hard. And if I don't have to do them, I'm after that, like, you know, path of least resistance, best fang for your buck. Like, just give me that. So this was the first time I was like, wow, I need to do deadlifts. I need to do squats. I need to go on a diet because I'm fat. I like, guess this was the first time I read it. I was like, I'm fat. Like, it's like a good realization for me. <laughs> but, Wait, how, when, when is this? This is while you're in school, like finishing yeah. school? Yeah, okay. like I'm just about like like a senior year of engineering school. Like I read this book and like just like changes my life and whole perception of all this stuff. And and then like that semester, so four months, I go into cut and I go from like I was probably like 210 when I started, and I go down to like low 180s and like into like a four month time frame. But like I'm like ripped and I'm athletic and as explosive as I've ever been in my life. Like it was like like a whole new me. And but like at this point, I also had terrible relationships with food uh, like in order to do that like that's like what it took because like there was no like perception management just because i read the book i understood the fundamentals of what actually to do but not how to do it with respect to my life so that was that's kind of what i'm curious so over this it's roughly four months you go from 210 to 180 yep. from changing up training completely and you're also in i mean that's a lot of weight to lose for a pretty, for a pretty like experienced lifter. And I mean, it, it wouldn't seem that you would have that much to lose. So what did that, so I think you maybe were getting to it, right. But like, what, what sort of repercussions did that add up to, right? Like getting to 180 or was it really that you almost hit these newbie gains again from basically doing everything the right way? Yep. That was it. So, so, pretty good so like biofeedback you're you're not like killing yourself to get to this 180 you're actually like feeling pretty good about it 
and the calories um, that you're taking in. Well, so I think killing yourself is also a perception thing. So I was already killing myself going and I just continued to kill myself. Like okay. sleeping five, six hours a night, like all through college. Like that that didn't stop at this point. That that came later though. But it was just a matter of making eat, me eating much healthier foods and getting like a very properly structured diet for the first time. And from doing like deadlifts and primarily compound lifts for the first time. I just saw like, like my build before was like, like very much chest was kind of sunken forward. I had like arm definition, but no shoulder definition or no upper back definition. Like I did pull-ups. So I had like the lats, but no traps or like lower back strength. Interesting. So you, you spent time doing all of the things for that, which would be like not the compound list, right? Like you would do like, you would do like lateral raises or front raises or any, oh. anything that's not a bench press or an overhead press to build shoulders. Mm. And those were the muscles lacking as you're going through this. Yeah. And because I lacked like, like the back definition and like I had all the chest definition, it like pulled me forward. But when I started actually doing the compound lifts that with the beauty of a compound lift is it gets all those muscles to work in unison. And if you can't do them, it exploits your weaknesses. Like whatever the weakest link in the chain is, that's probably going to hurt or be the source. And the more you do them, it like sort of like is like a self-correcting sort of thing. That's the bad thing. Like isolation is great for like really what they're designed for is corrective exercise. If you're just isolating one thing over and over and over again, your body's not exactly functional. Like like how often are you actually sitting in a chair and just extending your leg out or something or taking a pulley and pulling down in one fluid direction? You don't get right. stabilization from all the other muscles when you're using them all in unison the way the body's designed. So as far as like athletically speaking and like how I, you look, like your body is built to perform, you know? So for the first time, all that sort of came together. But that's, that's really interesting. It, just a thought that came up while you're talking about that too is um, I actually read this study that was, I'm trying to remember it now, this one, I don't remember the name of, or I think it was over 12, it was either eight to 12 weeks. And what they did was they were studying the, the order of exercise and, and the importance of it. Right. And so like most, by most standards, you're going to start with your multi-joint exercise or the compound list as you're calling them, right? Squat, sure. dead bench, or sometimes overhead press, some, a row or something like that. Um, even anyway, multi-joint and then yeah single joint. And so what they did was basically they had four groups. They had uh, multi-joint only, they had single joint only, and then they did multi-joint first and then single joint first. So basically, you know, you, you think like you do your isolation exercises before compounds, that's kind of counterintuitive. What they, what they recognized from the end of the study was that regardless of the order that you're probably still going to see results from doing both. So they do have importance. I just thought it was relevant to bring up because you're talking about isolation as corrective exercise. And I think that's a really good way to put it. And additionally to like, if you're trying to build a bigger chest, bench press is going to help with the activation that you need in order to create the muscle damage and the repair to build a bigger chest. But yeah. the additional single joint exercises that you can do like a, like a fly, right. Mm -hmm. Is going to further, basically help you help you further adapt with it. I just thought it was interesting because, um, you know, we, we don't often, I feel like it's not something that gets talked about too, too much. It's just do the compound first and then do the isolation. But I like that you brought up corrective exercise. So I thought it was a cool study to reference. No, it, no, it definitely isn't very like relevant to what we're talking about. And, and 
and I guess, I don't know, depends on who you are. Like maybe going straight to a compound lift isn't always the best because sometimes you need to develop that connection to those muscles that are potentially lagging to, to get the most out of a compound exercise. It's like your body's like to do a very complicated lift. Your body's always going to take the path of least resistance, at least with respect to your own like neuromuscular connection. It's like you may have one that's like, technically incorrect. And like see some people like to talk about a bench press per se. For whatever reason, like if you just got started in lifting and you go to press things, like some people do push-ups, like a bench press, and they just connect to straight like anterior delt, or essentially shoulder, tricep, and that's all they feel because they've never really connected to their chest, even though their chest is technically what would be the main driver to bench press. So doing a fly first to engage that connection or that like neuromuscular connection first and then going into bench press. That might be the order you need to do it in order to actually get that. But again, that takes perception management. Yeah, I like that a lot. And not to get too far off into it, because um, I do want to come back to what we, what you were you uh, know, yeah. along into your story. Okay. But <laughs> the I will add that the, the interesting thing that I found with programming for people in this is explosive movement and how that can work. And it's almost... And this is where you have to draw the line of the consciousness, right? Is mm -hmm. if you do chest, if you do flies, you're using your chest, or you should be using your chest. It's pretty straightforward. Sure. Whereas if you do a med ball slam and you're like actually like punching it down, that can be more of that unconsciousness, but you're getting that firing that like you need to, you're getting the neuromuscular reaction there. So I don't know, that's, that's something that I've definitely incorporated, but um, either way, it's, it's definitely very helpful to, you know, support you your body composition and also so that would be like your hypertrophy your muscle build and also your your top end strength so absolutely so That's right cool. on so you're like so muscles are lacking you're you're feeling the big parts right get grown some glutes some pecs uh so i had the pecs like i had 300 pound bench press way before i had a 300 pound squat it's <laughs> 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 not even close that's wild man it's ridiculous, but I mean, <laughs> do bench press enough, not squat. It makes sense. Um, but so I had that, but for me, it was more or less like getting my shoulder health back, which is something I've like, it's been a problem forever, but it's like, just now, like I'm really like starting to get this good place where like, I have like all the mobility in the places that I need to really properly do all these compound lifts. And then this was four years ago, like when I really started doing it. But it was just, I continue to develop that relevant awareness on the right things. So I was kind of get into, I'll just continue with the story and then I'll come full, full circle with the, the message I'm trying to portray. Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right. So figure things out like roughly, like what are you supposed to do from a fundamental level, like with your diet, calories, macros, and carbs? Okay, I got that. I got to like the body fat percent that I wanted. Now I need to go in the other direction. Like I gain in bulk cyclically to sort of put on muscle, cut it back, sort of like you put them on. Like most people sort of get that process. I guess if they don't, to clarify this, um, if you go, you cut first, you get down to that body fat percentage that you want. Say it's 10%, typically where males have visible abs, females, that's probably 18 to 20%. And then you go on a bulk, preferably a lean bulk or really an efficient one where you put on more muscle and minimal fat and then you gain up until like basically until you're uncomfortable for most people that's around like for men 15% women about like 23 25% and you've then built muscle added some fat it's just how eating in a calorie surplus works you're going to add both 
Um, and then you cut again and hopefully do so in a manner that preserves all the lean tissue that you built and the fat is gone. And that's how you cyclically just improve upon that structure that you have. Now, understanding this, this is sort of the process that I'm in. But I don't understand, like I have no perception management around how to blend life into pursuing this. And like, I'm a very meticulous and motivated person. So I, I became that like classic sort of guy of like taking Tupperware anywhere of like, hey, like, this meal's great. You want to try my food? Here's just a bite. No, I'm good. Hey, you want to try this cookie? Like, no, I'm fine. I can't have that. It, just, it was like, I was like a crazy person. Like I started like avoiding, like going out to eat with friends. Or like if I would go out like in college, like I would meal prep beers. Like if I've got like 2,300 calories in my day, like, okay, but I got a hundred grams of pro like so many grams of protein. It's a whole bunch of protein shakes. I'd pack a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and bring a ba backpack full of beers. Like I'd have like 12, <laughs> 13 beers. Like, all right, that's what I got for today. I'm still losing weight. I don't give a shit. What's going on. I like it. So it's like, instead of your meal prep container, you roll up with a backpack and it's got like your, your four beers, your eight beers, whatever. Yeah. You have. It's, yeah. I would map it out. Like it's, it's what are my calories for today. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to go about it i mean nothing looks too weird about having a backpack full of beers and as long as it's the right number then you're good to go i suppose in that scenario but yeah yes in yes, general in like yeah. it was just more of <clears throat> okay like the diet's like sort of there but now this i have this issue of like it's starting to affect my life so again like i'm reaching this point of like reflection of oh Okay, so that one actually didn't get addressed in, or, in that order. That proceeded for a while. Just slowly got better. The other one was sleep. So like sort of the next thing is like I went all through college. Like so I made it through all, like all of engineering school and I never once like stayed awake through an entire class. Like that is a fact. You can ask anybody that was in my classes. I could, I could never stay awake. It was because I slept five, six hours a night and I had that sleep when you're dead mentality. But because fitness was now a priority, like me lifting and I entered into this summer internship and the only time I could and I was also sort of like obsessed with learning about fitness now because I now wanted my evenings to read whatever it is what I had and if I also wanted to get to the gym I had to go in the morning so I started going getting up at 5 a.m and in order for my workout to be okay I had to go to bed at 10 so now I'm sleeping 10 to 5 so seven hours that's an hour or two more than I've been getting the last five years of my life and all of a sudden I can stay awake all day at work I can drive for more. I can drive however long I need to and not fall asleep. And it was just kind of like, whoa. Like I, I thought this was normal. But because I started with just diet and fitness, it opened up just like another thing in my life. When you start to make the relevant or priorities, like other things just magically start to fall into place. Just because I read a book and started to think for myself for once. And that also kind of awakened like man, if I really uh, like apply myself and like think for myself and meticulous, not unless I don't have to be crazy, but I kind of was um, with um, like my choices and starting to pay attention to things, I can really kind of do whatever I want with my life. Like what else can I improve upon? And I started to notice like sleep started to fall into place. And then that became more of a priority. Like I was like, that one just sort of fell into place. I didn't make it a huge priority, get to the eight hours until a little bit later. But then eventually it was, you know, I've kind of hit this good point with, diet and food but i've never really delved into like the quality food like i ate pretty much whole foods but it was very much like uh and if it's your macros like i would eat like ice cream every single day if it, if it worked and i did that for a while then i sort of just started to notice like i didn't always feel that great like cognitively just wasn't sharp It'd be, like i would have days where i'd be like man i'm on it today. i can really think and then i'd go for a few days where it just didn't 
but because I'm starting to now pay attention a little bit more and more to the responses my body's given me, it just starts to snowball. You build this momentum. Then I got really deep into like food quality, different types of food, the effects they have. And then I got on this craze of like eating nothing, but like organic, everything like proper supplements, like quality water, like getting all the sunlight. And, and it just became like this, this like perpetual improvement thing. But every single time it was, I was forced into a state of reflection, like when something would go wrong, but because I'm now in this mindset that, well, if I just apply myself and choose to learn and think for myself and make my own choices, I can improve it. I'd, ref I'd reflect, I'd reach a state of education and I would go apply it. And when things really take off is when you start to live consciously of those new decisions. That's sort of like the glue that holds it all together. I think in just in humans in general, when something goes wrong, like reality shows up and we're forced to take a look at like the choices that we've made when it's done to our life. If we're smart, maybe we ask somebody, we seek some education. And if we're really into it, maybe we apply what we've learned. But most people just revert back to old habits once the pain of whatever they've been forced to reflect upon is sort of passed or a new distraction comes. But what really holds it all together and keeps you in that conscious loop or not conscious loop, that perpetual self-improvement loop that really helps you get from one point to another is by living conscious on the day to day. And that's ultimately like where I get to like consciously fit. So I have two questions for you. The first is what are you applying now? Because what's, what's the last reflection that you're now turning into application? Okay. And that, so that's the story. Bring, bring it all back to the squat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right on. There we go. It's it been, it's been uh, a bunch of other things, but I guess to keep it on this topic, it was a squat. So I like my bench press has been good. I got to address a lot of things shoulder health wise. I deadlift was pretty solid. My squat just never really was quite right. And it was about a year ago. Um, I was reading a book and they had me do some different stretches and I, I said, so I thought that my squat was okay. Like I was under, because I didn't have the perception management or anybody else still, like I'm still struggling with this. Like I was getting everything from books for the most part. I'd read a book, I'd go apply. I'm still piecing to get this all together. It was about a year and a half ago. Um, and I was just okay with my squat. It never felt right, but I was still sort of buying into that. Like, oh, I'm tall. I just think yeah, it didn't work for me. Um, eventually eventually started like moving from a high bar to a low bar squat and that really helped that got me almost to like a parallel squat but then like it's nothing ever felt right I never connected to my glutes still it was very quad dominant still and then I remember I was just like sort of like practicing things as I'm continuing to learn I did a stretch kind of like a combat stretch but then this one, like I got down, like in like a crouch position to sort of rock back and forth and it just lit up like the fronts of my shins, like to where like, they were sore for days. But then when I went to go squat, I, like it was like, I just like unlocked all this ankle mobility and I had this newfound range of motion that I could actually go past parallel and not fall forward or backwards or like it wasn't a disaster. And then it was just like, like, whoa, I can't actually get there. I've just been telling myself that I can't. And then that, then yeah, that became like a realization, like I have a lot of room to grow here. Like yeah. I can do like the perfect squat that I see other people doing that I've been telling myself that I can't. What, okay. So what did you have to do to load that squat? Because something had to change, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, exactly. So, 
so when you when you started when you're like okay moment of discovery you have a new now you have this like newfound squat so first off with your ankle mobility you went to it you just you kind of like discover it or this is a point where i've been doing this for a while my ankles are now finally like receptive of this mobility work and i can actually drop deep into a squat is that what happened or it was kind of like oh i i developed the neuromuscular skill to like use ankle dorsiflexion appropriately in the squat so it was like i was just sort of like staying in my comfort zone like doing my squats every week but they were just not good but i just sort of accepted that i did this exercise just sort of like as an experiment and it was really tough and so naturally like well i'm just gonna keep doing it some more and it was just like a one-time thing and I did it and I was so sore, like it hurt. Like when I, every, every single step that I took just saw, shot pain up my shins and ended up squatting two days later. But because of that, like I had just opened up this like whole range of motion. It wasn't pretty, but I could get there. So obviously I continue to do it and continue to squat. So now I'm actually getting down to like a little bit below parallel and being able to keep my balance, but at least got me on the subject. I was, I'm now paying attention and <clears throat> I started listening to like Fine Pump more and they talk a lot about um, like your connection to certain body parts and certain things. And and this was always another thing that like, I'm sure there's a bunch of things right now that I just like accept as truth, like, like my own ego, like my own self-induced hallucination of life. (laughs) Um, Like, so like, but you know, I'll figure it out. But again, I just accepted that. Well, I just don't have glutes. Like I have no connection to them. And like, I just, I don't feel them in squats. I just, I don't know. I'm a quad person. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so the more, like I, I'm hearing the mind pump guys talk about this. And I just sort of like, have been really focusing on my squat. I really took like from January last year until now. And I have focused on hip mobility, ankle mobility, and just connecting to my glutes. Like anything I can do every day or um, like I did like the maps prime stuff to start. So I'm like intentionally like, like when I would do a glute bridge, I'd feel it just my hamstrings. Wouldn't even feel it in my glutes. Like when I squat, wouldn't even feel it in my glutes. Yeah. That's that like hundred percent. That's part of that is one, the beauty of having that program where someone who's been there and they can explain the pathway because what you're yep. describing, you need, you need a pathway. When you do a glute bridge, it's not, for some people, a lot of people, you say glute bridge, cool. They connect it enough by hearing the word glute. They see how it works. You're squeezing your butt and they're like, okay, cool. Like I got it. But there's a, like an actual pathway. And that again, goes to that perception management of having, having a coach. This is the challenge in online coaching for sure, but also like taking verbal feedback from people saying, I can't feel this or I, so if someone gets really, really quad sore when they're doing squats and then understanding what sort of priming that needs to happen either afterwards yeah. or what sort of, uh, what sort of uh, corrective exercise needs to happen, but then also describing that pathway per the specific person, right? Absolutely. So like, you know, for you just going through that and literally like walking through the exact progression within your head that needs to drive into the muscles, but again, it's definitely something you need to do every day. It's like, as you were talking about that, I was thinking uh, three, I think it was two or three years ago. I'm a, I'm, I'm a squat guy. So like, 
you say like quad guy, I'm like, I'm just in general, I'm a squat guy. Like leave those deadlifts for someone else. Uh, I'll put the bar on my back. But okay. I was really stuck just at a weight and it was shitty form too. Like it wasn't just like stuck, like I can't move it. It was stuck and looked terrible. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're talking about. But I, that summer, this is where a little bit of that unconscious competence comes in where I literally just every opportunity, I just sat into a squat. And even to this day, like if I'm, if I've been standing for a long time during the day or, you know, I just need to kind of get up and move around, just sit into a squat. And it was like, besides doing that, and I was just consistently training, still squatting one to two times a week, whatever it was. And like, you said it before, like, it's like magically happening, but that's, that's that you're, you're exposing yourself to that neuro, neuromuscular, uh, you know, engagement each time. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, that, that for sure was like eye opening to say, okay, here's how you can squat every day. So kind of like you're talking about, I was like, sometimes people get that idea and they think I literally have to put a bar on my back and squat with yeah. weight every single day. So that, that stinks as a one to just build upon what you're saying. Exactly. That's like building that consciousness. So <clears throat> before when I would bend down and pick something up off the floor, you just do it, right? It's unconscious. Now that I've been working on that so much, every time I go to pick something up left or right, it turns into somewhat of like a, just like a straight legged deadlift, or like on that one leg where I bend down and I grab it and I make sure I feel that like glute contraction, my hamstring every time I'm falling up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But like, but before, like I never could, I never paid attention. But now, like I'm building that like like conscious awareness. Like I know I've been focusing on this. You pay attention to it, and because I'm doing that now, when I go into the gym, like I must don't even need to prime anymore. I actually have connection there. Like I've seen like I don't know guys maybe get weird like this, but like like newbie gains in my glutes, like my pants, shorts, like they just fit better now. But it started with me becoming cognizant of what just wasn't there. I just ignore it for so long, but that connection was there and it did exist for me, but I just had to pay attention to it. It brings up a really interesting thought just because I, I say this often about my experience in college, because again, using the squat example, I, I squatted a, a heavy weight when I was in college, sleeping four to six hours a night, just like you were saying, mm-hmm. drinking football, like whatever, whatever was on the table, like it was. I worked my ass off in the gym. And so I, I did get gains, but at the cost, right. You, you were mentioning that your back, your shoulders. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, you get it. You're in a piss poor mood or fog you, you brought up too. So this I think is our challenge here. And if you could, if you could pick out a weight for someone to build this sort of consciousness, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard without having a specific thing, right. That's really drawing you to it. Yep. But where do you find that is the best place for people to start with that? Um, usually one thing at a time surrounded by a common goal. I mean, there's like a million things that you could get into, but I suppose like get clear on like, where is it you're going? And I guess like if people are, I guess it's sort of much like uh, like Gary Keller's like the one thing, like that's up here. So what's the one thing I can do f- for my one thing such that by doing it, every, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. 
I get li- I'm thinking of like now all the books. So I'm like, cause even start with why you're, you're like, yeah. if you, if you start with why, like, why is it important? Why does it, why does it matter for your back not to hurt or for you to not have brain fog? But then it's, it's you said something that really hit before too, and that you start to discover what, what you had once accepted as normal is not. Yep. And I think that that's really one, one of those discoveries at a time leads you to the reflection, leads, mm-hmm. leads you to the awareness, to the consciousness, and then the building thereof. But in, in especially in like falling asleep behind the wheel and like you, you think about it in class, it, that one's a pretty personal example for me because it's something that's happened to me and my mom and some pretty serious like accidents. And it's, you, you don't realize how, how much that really, really affects your life and it's just one one example, right? Mm-hmm. To me, that that's kind of one of the the earliest ones I see with people is like where their energy fades throughout the day. So yeah. as much as, and I 100% agree. I think, but it's a really easy one to tie back to why or the one thing is mm-hmm. your energy getting enough sleep so, and that sort of thing. In general, okay. So let's give someone like a really practical takeaway, right? Like yeah, yeah. There's no general rule. Like you got to figure out what works for you. But what's some some way you can hold yourself accountable? Like a, this isn't like a podcast. Where like, like, hey, we're nutrition coaches. Go hire a coach. That's a great idea. But if you're just starting this, like, hey, you may not need that. Like, you may not be able to afford it. But <clears throat> if you can get yourself even a wearable that, and you just start tracking steps and actually paying attention to it, and so I like to break it down into like, look, when I do a morning journal. This is one that I do. Maybe people will like this. I like to start off with what are the responses and we'll just keep this to strictly fitness, but I think you could see you could use this for anything in life. What is the responses that your body is giving you? So what are the relevant physiological and physical responses like relative to your goal that you should probably be paying attention to? Let's just say weight, energy, and your sleep. Like I, if you have some like wearable that actually like can track those, like, like what's your recovery? Like, what was your sleep? Like, what was your energy? So now you can get just something that tracks like whatever response is relevant to your goal. And then what are you eating or just consuming? So what did you consume in the past 24 hours? Now for the sake of this, for health and fitness, okay, which is food. If we were just talking about personal development, what did you consume and who did you surround yourself with? Um, and then you look at your actions or like, so what did you do yesterday? Like now you could write down everything you did, but I don't know if that's completely practical, but what habits or actions relevant to your goal did you do that actually gets you like progressing forward? Like what did you do that you thought was going to change the response that you had? Maybe better defined. And then like, oh, I mean like, then what's the life you actually want to live? Or what is it that you want? Like, are the responses that you're getting really lining up with your ultimate goal or whatever it is you want for yourself? Then like, what education do you need to seek or what changes do you need to make? Like something so along those lines. So let's break that down with just the questions because I love that. But there was kind of like three or four questions in there, right? Mm-hmm. So it was some it was like responses, actions, uh, your vision, and then what bridges the gap with essentially so if we can look at what are the responses i'm getting what am i eating what are the actions that i'm taking and do they correlate to the life i actually want 
then it sort of like leaves your clues as to where you can prove on a day-to-day -day basis. Like that, so by ch sort of checking in with yourself each day, um, that starts to build that relevant awareness or like that be becoming consciously fit. It's just like um, the power of a daily gratitude practice. Um, if you start forcing yourself to just think about being grateful, then you start to think about being grateful for certain things. Like if you know that you're in the habit of like, all right, I can be grateful for this. Like maybe the first time you do a gratitude journal, it's what am I grateful for? Life sucks. I got nothing. This is a waste of time. And then you, you write a couple of things and you feel a little better. Then over time, you just start to like be in that mindset. It's like you're building that awareness. You'll just start to become grateful for just, I don't know, a butterfly or just being able to take a nice deep breath. Maybe you take a nice poop and you're just like, <laughs> but I, you know, I'm wondering if I, I, I think I've journaled literally probably about every single one of those. So, you know, it's, it's relevant. Right. So it, it happens, but that, that's how you start to build that conscious awareness. You start to pay attention to the food that you're eating or, you know, I haven't taken enough steps today. Eventually it just becomes a habit. You don't even think about it. The goal is to eat those healthy foods because that's what you buy. You that's how you build the person that has what you want. Like, so it's like brushing your teeth. Like, like everybody has like relatively clean teeth, but everybody brushes their teeth. They don't think about it. But if everybody ate 90% whole foods, took three walks a day, got sunlight and meditated without even thinking about it because they built those habits and they paid attention to like certain things, like they're aware, like they don't do it. If you don't brush your teeth, you're aware, but you feel like the scum around your teeth. Like you think like you're like, yeah, like you're laying there, but like, oh my God, I didn't brush my teeth. Like some people just, hey, I have to brush your teeth to start their day. But you build those habits or that person that looks, feels, and thinks how it is that you want in your mind. It just doesn't happen overnight. But like you build that by becoming consciously aware of your actions and the responses to them. It's compounding consciousness. That's it. So I think that's a really great place to leave people with that thought. And just one thing I want to reiterate on the journal side of things, because this is something that I value a ton. And, and just because I value it doesn't mean that I'm not, I'm not being dogmatic about journaling, but you really don't have to spend too, too much time. Because I know that most considerations with any changes, we talked about it before, is oh, I don't have time for it. And if you can write down, you, you could literally write down five words and it could answer, it could be one thing that you're grateful for in a single word, poops, right? <laughs> you have your, your five, your four questions, which is your responsibility, your, um, the actions you're taking, and then the, um, your vision of yourself. And then where do you need to connect it? Like if you, you could answer those in five, five words. Now, Mm -hmm. That's it. I've journaled before coming up with five words. Sometimes it can be a challenge, but spending five minutes the first time, and then it can end up taking three to one minute each morning. That's that compounding consciousness. And it's I think just anyone like, can pick that up. It's just like showing up at the gym every day. If you're there, mm -hmm. you're probably going to do something that benefits for you. You're going to have terrible workouts and you're going to have great workouts. But if you're the guy that shows up at the gym every day, you're the one that looks good and lives to be a hundred. Love it, man. <laughs> no guarantees. Love it. Um, Ryan, Brandon, uh, that was awesome. So much value for people to take away from this, just in what they can do tomorrow, even to start, or even tonight, right? And we talked about that before with your, your next meal, I think is a good example. So 
Um, before uh, I want to respect your time here on the call, but before I let you go, any parting words on, on that, right? Um, I guess if you want to change your life, take interest in one thing at a time and like really build from it. Like, like all of me, like, I guess I want to inspire people to believe in themselves. Uh, but also like, I think more than anything, like think for themselves, like people don't always have to tell you what it is you need to do or how it is you need to live for your life. If you just start thinking for yourself and sort of cultivating sure that awareness, but a lot, in a lot of ways, just self-belief, I think the gateway drug to that oftentimes for so many people is health and fitness because everybody eats, everybody has to move each day, everybody sleeps. If you take the time to think about it and pay attention and do all those for yourself, you'll be amazed like how, how much that compounds into all aspects of your life. Like, so like we're all human beings and we all have wild capabilities, but sometimes we just need that push in the right direction and starting with health and fitness, I think to me is the best place that anybody can start because it, it's not that hard. You just have to have the right perception management or just, you know, start with step one. Right on, man. That's awesome. It's powerful and it encompasses everything we talked about. So um, with that, I want to make sure that people can continue to find, you know, messages like that that you're sharing. So you want to share uh, where people can find you? Yeah. Um, as of right now, um, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, my name is Brandon Fowler, or you can also find me on Instagram as of right now. Um, my name is Brandon Fowler, period, the real way coach. And I guess to clear things up, like I had went through that process, like R-E-A-L, reflection, education, application, live consciously. So that is what I call myself. Right. But those would be the two places. Look for Brandon Fowler on Instagram or Facebook. And there, okay. thereupon, you'll find some excellent knowledge, content, education, all the things that spelled out real that I just, you know, don't remember off the top of my head. No. <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, that's great. People go check them out and uh, you'll continue to learn how to be consciously fit in compound consciousness building so i like it i just want to say thank you for listening to the show i truly appreciate it if you have any training or nutrition questions you want answered i personally invite you to message me at joe mike paul on instagram and if you took something valuable away from today's episode Screenshot it, share it, and tag me so I can see. That's all for now. See you next time.